Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to Dark Horror Diaries. Tonight, we'll talk about few creepy home alone horror stories. This incident occurred around 2018-2019. For some context, at the time, I was around 15 years old, and my family was on a trip, leaving me home alone for the weekend. When my parents left, I experienced a mix of emotions, ranging from happiness to worry, but that's not important. It was around 10 p.m. at night, and I went downstairs to feed my dog. I realized my back door was wide open. This wasn't unusual because I normally leave it open for my dog to run around outside, and my back garden is fenced off, so I usually don't worry. 
After feeding my dog, I went to the door, closed it, and locked it. When I went back upstairs, I thought I heard a shuffling noise somewhere around my house, but I shrugged it off, attributing it to my dog settling into her bed. I live on the third floor of the house, so I have to climb a ladder to get to my room. I sat there playing games for a couple of hours, and I was about to sleep around 1 a.m. when I decided to get some food first. As I entered the kitchen, I found the kitchen door slightly open, not fully, but enough for a person to fit through. I dismissed it as my memory, thinking that I had forgotten to close it, even though I swore I did. While walking through the living room, I saw my dog sitting in a corner, looking scared and worried. For context, my dog is a small French bulldog incapable of hurting anyone, so seeing her like this worried me a bit. However, sometimes she gets scared at little things, so I didn't think much about it. Anyways, fast forward to me being back upstairs. I felt myself drifting off while watching some random TV show that I can't remember when I heard my downstairs stairs creak. This initially worried me, but due to how tired I was, I didn't realize what the sound actually was at the time. I started drifting off again until at one point, I fell completely asleep. I remember waking up to a sound I didn't recognize. I slowly opened my eyes, and to my absolute horror, a man with half of his body was peering through the hatch leading up to my room. Somehow, I don't know how, I managed to pretend I didn't see anything and closed my eyes, hoping the man would go away. I would say it was about 30 seconds before I heard the creak of my ladder as the man went down, but honestly, it felt like hours. As I heard the door close to my brother's room, which you have to walk through to get to my stairs, I reached for my phone and dialed the police quicker than I could think. Surprisingly, it took them near minutes to show up at my house and conduct a quick sweep with no avail. I slept at my grandma's for the night, but honestly, I didn't get any sleep. From then on, I was too scared to be home alone at all, and I always remember to lock my doors now. I should mention this happened almost three years ago now, when my friend who ill call L lived with my family. We had just moved away from a large metropolitan area to a much smaller city up north, into one of those massive apartment complexes that spans several blocks. Anyway, L and I were home alone. It was the middle of the day, and given we were teens in the middle of summer, we decided to smoke in the garage. We had just started smoking when we start to hear the slider door open, and clattering from inside the house. At first I just assumed it was the dogs until I remembered my mom had taken them to the vet. Then Elle and I start to hear heavy footsteps coming fast towards the garage. We back up away from the door, and the footsteps stop right at the doorway and just stay there for a second. Elle and I were looking at each other terrified. I was seconds away from dialing 911 when the person turns the doorknob. I put on my best aggressive man voice and say, hey, the hand on the door drops so fast, and then we hear footsteps hauling ass towards the screen door. After a second, we peek into the house, and the door is wide open. Now I always lock the sliding door when alone or with a friend. This incident occurred in June 2014. At the time, I was a 20-year-old female, just about to move out of my parents' house two weeks later to my first apartment in the city. It was a Wednesday morning around 10 a.m., and I was on summer vacation, off from work that day, so I was still in bed. My parents had left for work earlier, leaving me home alone. Back then, my room was in the basement, 
and my window was right next to the stairs leading to the front door. I was woken up by the sound of someone walking up the stairs, and I thought it was odd. So I got up, took my phone, and went upstairs to try and get a better look at who this could be. Once upstairs, I saw from the kitchen window a man leaving our front yard and going back to the sidewalk. I was relieved and thought that it was probably just someone selling stuff. But then, the man turned around, went back onto our front yard, and started walking toward the right side of the house where there was a door leading to the kitchen where I was standing. The man knocked and asked if there was someone home. Looking back, I should have said yes through the window, but I was so scared and confused, I didn't say anything. He then walked back to the front yard and back on the sidewalk and started walking away. Again, I was relieved and told myself that maybe it was a friend of my dad's that I didn't know and that he was looking for him. This didn't seem right, but I was trying to find any reason for this man to be here other than wanting to break in. Just when I thought the man had left, I saw him come back and walk to the left side of the house towards the backyard. Now I was very scared, and I knew he wanted to get in. I got to the front door, unlocked it, and waited a couple of seconds. I then started to hear something cutting the screen off of my parents' bedroom window, and at that point I was shaking. I opened the front door quietly, ran out of the house, and called 911. Two minutes later, a SWAT team was there, but unfortunately, the guy had run away, and they never caught him. Needless to say, I was scared during my first three months alone in my first apartment. The house gets weird when it's just me and him. There's a family emergency, so my mom is staying in the hospital, and my grandmother is visiting her. We take turns taking care of him. He has dementia. My old man is not much company, other than the rare lucid moment where we can have a normal conversation. Otherwise, he just babbles on and on about nothing in particular. He also wanders aimlessly throughout the house, humming tunelessly to himself. Of course, we have a dog, a nine-year-old lab mix but he spends most days sleeping. It's often so quiet here that even the sound of a pin drop can sound like a gunshot, so when I hear moving around or someone talking, it's enough to make me stop what I'm doing and listen. Pop tends not to move around a lot, since he's preoccupied solving puzzles on his laptop in his room upstairs. That and we live next to a busy street near a large college, so there can be a lot of outside noise, depending on the time of day. However, five out of ten times when I do hear him move, I can hear someone else move around in another part of the house, or following along right behind him, dragging feet or the thudding of heavy boots, the light brushing of soft slippers, sometimes it's the soft padding of a child's bare feet. Like I said, I've never been bothered much by it. I'd like to think of myself as a logical person. Everything has an explanation. I've always written it off as outside noises. But I've never been alone with my old man late at night. It's night time when I am writing this, and it's 12.15. Shortly before this, I was playing Rust in the living room, and my grandmother hasn't come home from the hospital yet. I've paused my game to listen. The sounds of bumping and dragging can be heard upstairs. But only when I'm busy playing my game. So it's hard to figure out if it's just the game or something else. The urgent need to check on Grandpa hits my conscience like a truck running over a pothole on a highway. What if he got up and fell? What if all that moving around was him trying to get up? All these horrible thoughts raced through my mind while I hurried upstairs. 
I swear the floorboards creaked and cracked loudly under each hurried step. The bedroom door to his bedroom was cracked open, and I could have sworn I shut it. He should be asleep, but I can hear movement inside. I stop at the top two steps when I hear a woman's sigh. Nana wasn't home yet. I open the door slowly, and the nearby bathroom light shines in, illuminating the dark room with warm light. I glance from the dresser at the far end of the room and see my reflection in the mirror that sat on it. Craning my head through the crack, I look right to the bed, and I see his dark shape laying there. I wait until I see his chest rise and fall. He was fast asleep. What if he fell and got up? Hey, I hissed at a low whisper. Nothing. Did I just hear the wooden floorboards creak at the far end of the room? I look, but there's nothing there. Chuckling at myself for being so stupid, I close the door. But as I did, something happens that sets all the hairs on my neck stand on end. Please, help me. A little girl's voice called from the darkness in the far end of the room. Damn me. There was no one there. So why is it I heard a little girl? I didn't open the door to check. Instead, I rushed downstairs and fixed myself a pot of coffee and grabbed a smoke. I'm in my garage now, drinking my third cup of coffee. It's nearly midnight, and I can't sleep. The first time I saw her, I was six. We were playing the opposite of hide-and-seek. One person hides while everyone else looks, and once you find the person, you hide with them till there's only one person looking. It was my turn to hide and chose to hide under the stairs where my dad kept all the camping gear because there were lots of things to hide under, behind Ect. There was only one person left. With all of us cramped in the room under the stairs, the last person left was sitting on the stairs above us, my brother, and we could hear him yelling in his defeat to get us to surrender. In my hiding spot, I could see the door that led out, and it was cracked a little bit. A girl about my age poked her head in the room and waved at me. I had said out loud, what's your name? With no reply, she vanished, which prompted Mai to follow after her yelling at her to come back, ultimately giving up our hiding spot. Everyone under the stairs, brothers and cousins, starting yelling at me, asking what the hell I was doing and who I was talking to. Nobody else had seen her, and we couldn't find her upon searching. The next time I saw her, I had gone over to the neighbor's house to play with the boy my age because they had just gotten a new puppy. The neighbor boy had eight siblings, lol Mormons, all boys, and the oldest son had come home to visit. He came into the basement where we were playing. Shortly after I heard my name being called from upstairs by a girl. I had figured it was one of the neighbor girls as it was common to have friends show up uninvited in my neighborhood. Everyone had an open door policy. The same girl I had seen was standing at the top of the stairs. She told me to call over to my house and have my older brother come walk me home right now. We lived right next door. I didn't at all feel scared and just did what she told me right then and there. My older brother was furious and couldn't understand why I couldn't just do the 15 second walk home by myself. I have multiple instances seeing and hearing from her when in the presence of that older neighbor boy, always telling me it was time to go home or not leave my brother's side or be alone with him ever. I'm not sure why I had never questioned or feared her. I was one stubborn child and hated when told what to do. At the age of eight, I was sleeping when I had gotten shaken awake. It was her. She told me I needed to be really quiet and go wake my dad up because someone was outside my window. I did what I was told and went to wake my dad. 
He got his gun out of the safe by his bed and instructed me to stay with my mom. A few seconds later he started screaming at my mom to call 911. Sure enough there was someone outside my window. When the officers were questioning me, I mentioned the little girl which freaked my parents out. I told them about the girl for the first time as well as all the times I've seen her. They took me in to see the bishop as I was about to get baptized and due to meet with him anyway and instructed to tell him all about her and when I've seen her. Which started me on all types of church therapy bullshit and vows of secrecy for getting a gift from God and blah blah blah. I saw her on the way home from my boyfriend's house one night in high school. I was driving at around midnight through a back road that had trees on all sides. I was coming up to an intersection where I had no stop signs, but the perpendicular road did. She walked out from the tree line in front of me causing me to slow to a stop just before the intersection. As soon as I stop a car blows through the stop signs just in front of me scaring the F out of me. I turned back to where she was and she just smiled and walked back into the tree line. Had I not stopped I would have been hit on my side of the car by the person who blew through the stop signs. I've seen her in many other occasions. Call it hallucinations, call it divine intervention, call it whatever you want. But I'm grateful for her, I've never seen her and been scared. More at peace, kind of like seeing an old friend. Edit. Yikes, I didn't know this would be so offensive and triggering to so many people. I just wanted to share my positive experience with the unexplained when so many other posts were riddled with the spookies. So before you hop into my DMs to tell me I'm just schizophrenic, I have had plenty of assistance in the mental health department. And I am not schizophrenic, but I do appreciate your concern. At the end of the day, everybody's realities are different. Who are we to say that what someone experiences is false, just because you have never experienced it? To those asking how I personally feel about it, the supernatural to be honest I really don't know and have been on a journey to find that out since leaving my religion. As mentioned below, I have had many many encounters with mental health professionals and it has been brought up that it's a possibility that my unconscious mind is forcing my conscious mind to acknowledge and respond to potential danger. I don't at all want to discount my own personal experiences or reality, or the experiences of others for that matter, and I'm grateful beyond words for the protection and warning I've got from her, whether it be all in my head or not. But I also ask myself often why me? Why do I get help and protection when so many need it more? And that is my inner struggle at the moment. Not wanting to disregard or be ungrateful for my many experiences with her. But I also work in pediatric behavioral health and see a lot of horrible and devastating things that happen to the innocent by the hands of another. It's often hard to think of her as being a guardian angel or a divine intervention when there are so many people who needed protection and didn't get it. I tapped on the arrow on my screen and watched as the camera panned across my living room. I continued tapping until I got the notification that my camera had reached the maximum swivel on that side. Then I tapped the arrow to swivel it the other way. As the camera rotated, I caught sight of a black curly tail. There she was. Little sparks of joy bloomed in my heart. I panned the camera down and saw her staring straight at my screen, her beautiful adorable face cocked to one side, her soft golden eyes wide open. I looked around the train carriage then pressed the talk button on the app and said as softly as possible, Hey girl. Zepto's ears pricked up 
and she sat up excitedly, her tail wagging so hard that her little bum moved along with it. She then started sniffing about near the camera, looking confused. I giggled out loud, then quickly caught myself. My pup seemed to be doing well alone at home. That was a relief. I was surprised she hadn't torn everything to bits, but then again, I'd placed everything she could possibly rip apart out of her reach. I'll be home soon. I whispered into my phone and watched as her tail wagged harder. I just got a pup for two months, and I had never left it alone at home before. Partly because I had people I could call over to help watch her when I was out, and mostly because I just really loved staying home. In fact, I think I'd left the house only twice in the last two months. I would say I need a life, but I've got a pup, so I reckon I've already got an awesome one. When I got home, Zepto's barks and whines started the minute I stepped out of the lift. I could hear her scratching at the door. I flung it open dramatically, and she leapt up on my thighs, pawing, tail wagging, trying to lick my face. I bent down and let her lick me all over the face. I needed to wash my face after anyway. I'd been staying alone in this apartment for the past half a year, and I'd finally got the best companion and roommate I've ever had. Zepto was a handful, but she was worth every struggle and accommodation. As a freelancer with the internet, it was easy for me to never have to leave her alone. Except for times when clients insist on face-to-face meetups. I hated those. I washed and refilled Zepto's water dish and dropped a couple of ice cubes in it. I took out the ice tray to fill up, but it was already filled. Huh. I must have filled it last night. I sat down at my desk and got to work. I liked to do up my designs right after discussions, while the main points were fresh in my head. I lost track of time and only looked up when I heard what I heard a cupboard slam. I sat up and my heart started to race. That sounded like the kitchen cupboard, which Zepto would not be able to reach. I emptied my stationary holder of my pens and clutched it tightly in my hand as I went to check out the noise. I carefully turned the corner into the kitchen and peered past the wall. No one. I breathed out a sigh of relief. Nonetheless, when I returned to my bedroom, Zepto following, I locked the door before going to bed. The next day, I had to leave the house again, this time for a short dinner meeting with a client. My heart ached as Zepto scurried to the doorway as I left, closing the gate on her. She stared at me, whining. Bye girl, bye baby, I'll be back so soon. I love you. I patted her head one last time, then steeled myself and closed the door. I heard her whining all the way to the lift, breaking my heart. On the way to dinner, I checked the pet camera. She was still at the door, whining. For the whole half-hour ride to the dinner, she lay by the door, occasionally getting up to sniff and whine. It was heart-wrenching to watch. I needed to end that meeting early. Unfortunately for me, the edits and feedback given by the client were comprehensive and thorough. It seemed like everything he had wanted from the start was no longer applicable. Something bright and fun became something preferably more elegant and clean. Bold, loud font became swirly, fancy fonts, and so on and so forth. It was dark by the time the meeting was done. I rushed out of the restaurant and flagged a cab. I wasn't about to take the extra time for public transport, not with poor Zepto waiting anxiously. Once in the cab, I activated the pet camera. She wasn't there at the door. Well, at least she finally got comfortable and went on to do her own thing. I panned the camera, and it swiveled slowly across the room. My heart seized as the back of a figure came into view in the corner of the screen. 
I swiveled the camera a little more so that it was now centered. I felt nauseated, my stomach bottoming out. I couldn't make out the figure's legs, just long black hair down its back, the arms and body clothed in what seemed to be a ragged white shirt, floating it seemed. Fear pricked my neck. I almost asked the cabbie to take a look, to make sure I wasn't crazy, but I decided against it. Perhaps if I didn't acknowledge it, if no one else did, it would disappear. Then the head started to turn. The side of its pale face appeared, showing dark eyes. Then the head turned completely, and both of its eyes, which I now saw were a dark red, stared directly at the camera, at me. I gasped and switched the app off. Hold on a moment, I told the cab. I considered going to my friend's place instead, getting reinforcements before heading back. But then I remembered. Zepto. Oh shit, my poor dear Zepto, alone with that thing. It's alright, sorry, just go ahead and hurry, please. Summoning all my courage, I switched the app back on and braced myself for that image. But I let out the breath I'd been holding when I saw that it was no longer there. I took a few more deep breaths, then forced my finger to press the arrow button, making the camera swivel around. Their Zepto was safe and sound. I sighed in relief. My darling was fine, so far. She was lying on the couch, and nuzzling against something. The thin air, it seemed. I looked closer, blinking my eyes repeatedly to get a clearer view. Then I thought I made out a white, fuzzy image of a thigh, a leg. Zepto was nestled against that thing. My cab reached at that moment, and I shot out, nearly forgetting to pay. I quickly threw down some cash, asked the cabbie to keep the change, and starting running. That thing was not going to hurt my dog. Don't get me wrong, I'm a huge coward. I'm terrified of anything supernatural, ghosts, spirits, demons. The idea of encountering them usually paralyzes me. Just talking about them makes me break into a cold sweat. But tonight, a deep, blazing rage fueled me when I thought about that thing harming my precious Zepto, the sweetest dog you'd ever meet, the dog who loves me so deeply, whom I love. That rage somehow dulled my fears, and all I could feel was a tingling current as I jabbed the lift button multiple times. The doors closed, and I was headed up to save my doggy. At the door, I fumbled with the keys, my hands shaking from adrenaline. There was no sound from within. I panicked, and my hands shook more. Finally, I got the key in and turned it. As I did, I heard the familiar sound of Zepto barking and gave a heartfelt prayer of thanks to the universe. My dog was fine. I opened the door, ready to grab Zepto and run. Zepto leapt up at me excitedly, tail wagging so hard her butt was once again wiggling in joy. She licked and nipped at me excitedly. I bent down and picked her up, despite the fact that she was growing to be a big pup, kind of heavy. I nuzzled my face to hers, then quickly looked around. Nothing out of the ordinary. I walked in, still leaving the door open, ready to run. I checked out every part of the house. No one else was there. I didn't sense anything off, other than fear emanating from my taut nerves. I began to relax. I placed Zepto gently on the ground and went to get a glass of water. Funny how thirsty I could get when I'm terrified. I closed the fridge door and poured a glass from the cold water jar. Then I looked up to see its eyes boring straight into mine. I screamed, backing away and dropping the glass. Zepto ran to me and looked up, concerned and confused. It didn't seem to understand what I was worried about. 
Then the thing, still staring into my soul, swished forward in a rush, and I felt a force shove me down onto the floor. I fell back and plopped down hard on the glass pieces on the kitchen floor. I gasped from the pain and shock, all the while with my heart juddering in fear. That was when Zepto growled. That thing looked surprised and stared at Zepto. No Zepto run. Zepto ignored my commands. Zepto continued to growl, a hair-raising sound that I had never heard her produce before, not around me. The thing took a step back, an odd look on its face. It took me a while to register it as hurt. It looked hurt. Zepto pounced forward, growling, snapping, snarling. It took a few steps back, away from me. Then it tilted its head and reached out its hand to Zepto, seeming to be appealing to her. Zepto snapped at its hand. It pulled away, shock on its features. Then it put its hand down and lowered its head and faded from sight. Still in shock, I just sat on the kitchen floor, bleeding in many places. Zepto ran up to me and started licking at my wounds. I had to lift her up and shuffle to the living room to avoid having her cut her paws on the glass fragments. We sat together on the couch for a while as I bled. Then I held Zepto close and cried into her fur. Tears of both fear and gratitude. My friend drove over that night and helped to clean and tend to my wounds. I didn't say a word to her about what had happened, just that I had dropped my glass and fallen. But she seemed to sense my fear and that something was wrong. We stayed up the entire night, watching movies, with Zepto curled up between us on the couch. With Zepto laying her soft fuzzy head on my lap, my nerves began to unwind. I stroked her head gently, feeling even more love for her than before, something I hadn't thought was possible. We've moved out of that apartment since. The very next day, I packed my essentials, Zepto's food, toys, bowls, and so on, and we got out of there. We stayed at a bed and breakfast for a week, until I found another apartment. I never went back to that apartment, just got movers to do the rest. I left that pet camera behind, too. Somehow, it felt tainted. I got myself a brand new one and set it up. It worked just fine. I hope to never have to leave Zepto home alone again, but life happens, and if I ever do, I'd be monitoring that camera the whole time. If need be, I've got a shoe cupboard filled with a plethora of freaky, spirit-warding stuff I found on the internet. We would protect each other, Zepto and I. This story takes place when I was 22 years old. I had just gotten home from a long night of stocking shelves at my local grocery store. I worked the closing shift, so I usually got home around midnight. I shared a cheap apartment with my roommate Mark. We weren't in the best of neighborhoods, but I just felt lucky to have a place to live that wasn't my parents' basement. I threw my jacket on the coat rack next to the front door and walked into the kitchen to rummage through the fridge for something to eat. I had just pulled a frozen burrito out of the freezer when I noticed something weird. My bedroom door had been slightly open when I walked by the hallway. I know this doesn't sound strange at first, but I specifically remembered closing it that morning when I left for work. I like my privacy, so I always remember to shut my door when I leave for the day. I stepped back into the living room and looked down the hall. Hello, I called. There was just dead silence. Not wanting to let the fear get the better of me, I walked across the living room and flicked on the hallway light switch. Mark? Is that you? I asked. Mark had always been a bit of an odd guy, so I couldn't help but think that maybe he was trying to play some sort of weird prank on me. 
maybe waiting to jump out of my closet or something when I entered my room. When I finally got to the bedroom door, I gently pushed it open. The light from the hallway illuminated a large portion of the room. I looked around, definitely feeling the creepy vibes. There was no one there, and nothing looked out of the ordinary. Just the usual my twin bed, with my nightstand just to the left. I closed the door shut and walked back into the kitchen. I popped my dinner in the microwave and pressed the start button. While that was cooking, I turned on the television, ready to put on a scary movie to watch and relax. Suddenly I heard a muffled thump coming from down the hall. At first I thought it was the neighbors or something. They can be pretty loud sometimes, and it's not unusual to hear a loud bump in the night. But then it happened again, and this time I could tell for sure it was coming from down the hall. Mark, I called once more. The microwave beeped just then, and I nearly had a heart attack. Yes, yeah, sorry. Drop something. I could hear him say through the door. I'll admit, I felt a little better knowing that Mark was home. I walked back into the kitchen to get my food, and that's when my phone vibrated in my pocket. It was a text message from Mark. Hey dude, running a little late here at work. Could you please leave the door unlocked for me? My stomach dropped to the floor and a chill ran down my spine. I texted back. Wait, you're still at work? He responded only a few seconds later. Yeah, why? At that moment, there was another noise from the hall, and I looked up. The silhouette of a large man was standing there, holding what appeared to be a butcher's knife. I turned and ran towards the front door, hearing the heavy clunk of the man's boots behind me. He wasn't running, instead it sounded like he was slowly walking, taking his time. I didn't stop to look back, I ran down the emergency staircase and out into the parking lot where I called the cops. The cops showed up just a few minutes later. They went upstairs and searched my apartment, but they said they didn't find anyone. What they did find still terrifies me to this day. As they were searching the apartment, the cops found a note left on the kitchen table, held under a salt shaker. On that note only one word was written, soon.